Yeah, sound. Yeah. Hey. Hey, what's up, everybody? What's yeah. up? Good. Yeah. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Free China Pod. Long time no see. I mean, not me, but you're talking about the traditional formats. The audience. Long time no talky talky to the audience. Yeah, I guess I have been streaming, so. <clears throat> Maybe not long time no see. But, uh. Do those go on the podcast platform still? Uh, if I stream games, they don't. If I stream the, uh, I can tell you you haven't been listening to them. If I stream the updates, then I, I do. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I do. It's usually just like Taiwan news updates. I don't even bother with talking about U.S. politics. Hell yeah, brother. I hate your brother and stuff. Only time I want to talk about that is when I want to make fun of it because of how stupid it is. And how screwed America is because of the liberals and the conservatives. What's up? We just had the referendum. Mm-hmm. Pretty hot. Like the chocolate all over your face. Pretty hot. Is it all over my face? No, just on your lips. The lips. Uh, basically, not much happened. Because nothing passed the threshold. Well, like I said to you before, I think the most interesting is that Taiwanese voters who participated, which were... About 39% of the eligible population, which is extraordinarily low for any kind of election, mm-hmm. voted to keep the system the way it was and not link a referendum with uh, local or national elections, which mm-hmm. means that they, they will continue to have low turnout, which means a very small percentage of the electorate who deeply care about these issues will have uh, a disproportionate say in, in the future of Taiwanese politics. So, I guess it's not surprising if you think of it from, like, they're, they're rational and they prefer to increase their uh, their influence to people who participate. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if people don't like taking a Saturday, although it is nice for them to get out of work and everything, because it's a national holiday, but if they don't like taking a Saturday to come to an election that's not for any candidates, it's just a referendum only, then you can go vote against it. So, that's, that's the one that surprised me the most. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I was surprised at people telling me that it was because they had issues with with voting in the past when they linked referendums and into uh, like national elections. So I, I think it's I the biggest excuse. I, I think the DPP is weird on this. Well, that seems to be yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I personally would probably think it would be better if they linked them because then. But I asked you why. I agree yeah. with you. I think more people coming into these things is generally better. Yeah. Hopefully get people to like pay a little bit of attention. No, that's kind of a... I think, most of these the issues, I think they don't feel like these issues have any substantive effect on their lives because the government is going to do whatever the fuck it wants to at their taste. And they don't care about these kind of really niche issues yeah. in general. No, I and, would agree with that. So just for, for those listeners, the four issues where... Linking referenda to national elections for candidates. So right now, they have national elections every... Well, national elections every four years, and then alternatively every four years. So actually, every two years, there's a, a major election. And the, mm-hmm. the other alternative is local elections for like city mayors and county mayors and that kind of stuff. The second one was about banning the import of um, dopamine pork, pork. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about that? The U.S. What, what do you mean about ractopamine? Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Ractopamine is like a leaning product. It like leans out pigs, and they use it in cattle and stuff too. But the big worry is pigs. Did you think it's all about that? He sure does. Not African, or should we say Chinese swine fever? Um, but yeah, it's just like a leaning agent, and there are worries about health issues. But there seems to be very little. But it's a leaning agent, meaning that it lowers their fat. Levels. Right. Yeah, why? Why would that? Preferable because I thought people wanted fatty pork. It appears not. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a big meat eater, <laughs> so so I'm not 100 percent sure. But that's what it's it's, like one meal a day. I think it also uh it has to do with like reducing 
I think also the amount of food that they need to give them. Uh, Not an expert on ractopamine either, but this is from the little that I've read on the subject, because this is one of those issues where I just don't really care because it doesn't affect me. My feeling is like, if you don't want to eat ractopamine pork and you're worried about it based on like a few studies that have come out, then don't eat it. Don't just eat don't pork. eat meat. Just don't eat meat. I mean, oh yeah, I think that's an option. But yeah, don't eat pork. And in Taiwan, they, I don't know how accurate it is, but they label them. Like every shop has one that says like, Meizu or Taiwan Zoo or whatever. Like, I so. think it's probably not particularly accurate. I don't know how much imports there are right now because Taiwan grows enough pigs. Yeah, I don't know how much I oversight. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much oversight that there is over it either. Like in terms of like checking if the stores actually are using whatever pork they say they're using. And again, I just. I think that's probably like the least of their concerns. Yeah. I think because of the 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 lack of regulation in general of the market here, the amount of antibiotics and like parasites and weird shit that's getting into the yeah. supply of Taiwanese pork in general is horrific. And uh, yeah, I think it's worse in America, honestly. But uh, I don't know. They seem to be like they put a lot of antibiotics in, into. I mean, I used to live on a cattle farm. They put a lot of antibiotics into those cows. Um, yeah. So I don't know. There's uh, people should should be concerned about that with what they put in their body. But I think that obviously the, the easy answer is just don't eat meat. Uh, but <clears throat> oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, but yeah. I don't. I wasn't gonna say. <laughs> okay, the other issue were about the algae thing, I guess. Yeah. Which the the wording of that referendum, I didn't really get. But anyway, just about some issue where they're having what a natural gas plant. They're building a natural gas plant like on the coast, um, and they're worried about it destroying this like really rare type of algae. Coming from what we did the previous week, which is going to the Ingbong and watching Chaliota, mm. which has a protected nature reserve. Yeah. Started a fire that lasted three days, yeah. about ten feet from the water, like yeah. waiting for that ash to just go in and completely decimate the local biosphere. I think that Taiwan is the concern is kind of a joke. Like realistically, there's so much water pollution coming out of the number of factories in Taiwan is insane. You know, and uh, I think they're if they're really worried about it, then they would actually enforce the existing like water regulations that they have because. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm a chemist, but I'm not like a, an environmental engineering expert or anything like that. But driving through a lot of these industrial areas and smelling the effluent, particularly at night that they dump. Yeah. And all the time, these people allege that most of these companies basically, because the inspectors only inspect during the day, they'll just dump all of their effluents at night. The smells that come out of these plants at night is absolutely insane. Like, of course, they're breaking all the rules, and Taiwan just refuses to enforce them because they don't want to hurt their economic output. So if they've given up on the environment, then let's just stop playing games. Just admit that the economic growth is more valuable than your biodiversity. I think most, stop playing. I think most of the world has admitted that. With, I, I with, think, like, inability to, like, even, like, really put forward, like, drastic uh, measures to climate change. I was listening to The Economist today talking about that, and it was so frustrating. It's like, they're like, oh, yes, it's an existential crisis, but, uh, but actually transitioning will be very costly, so we should just kind of take it a little bit slow, which yeah. means like uh, doing doing nothing, more or less. They're like, the biggest thing for us right now is to switch to clean natural gas. <laughs> yeah. Really? Clean coal. I mean, we'll figure it out once Florida's underwater. It's like, I, I understand the perspective, but just admit that you don't care about it, and that, like, doing a half-ass effort and allowing a large proportion of the world to, to be submerged and lots of people to die is more important to you than actually, like, paying what you need to and, and sacrificing. Well, just, just like most things, it's virtue signaling. They're, they're saying, oh, we know that everyone says they care about the environment, so we're going to say we care about it too, but we're also going to concern troll about the economy. Ugh. Money's not real, folks. All the progressives in America, quote-unquote progressives, who who then turn around and buy electric vehicles that are powered by, by coal power plants is, <laughs> frankly, astonishing. I mean, you don't really have an option there, but I mean, they could be putting forward like some more... To ride a fucking bike instead of buying a Tesla. Well, they could like they could also put forward like meaningful uh, public transportation infra infrastructure. Absolutely. It's but not, again, it's that, not gonna pass. 
But the same the same fucking issue is at stake though. Because all that public transport this this would piss me off about Taiwan. They're like, I bought a GoGro and I ride the MRT, I'm so eco friendly. But where excuse me, where the fuck is that GoGro's electricity and where the fuck do you think the MRT is being powered from? Like those are all being powered by coal plants or oil plants. Like you think that you're actually avoiding it. And yeah, it may be true that the oil plant is like ten percent more efficient than your 50cc scooter, like yeah. two-stroke scooter, but realistically, you're not really being eco-friendly. It keeps the it keeps the the, the uh, I've heard people make the argument that it keeps the cities slightly cleaner, which is I suppose somewhat true, but it's also a, it's kind of a cop-out argument. It, I think that that's actually more dangerous because the cleaner the, the urban air is, the more people, the more prone people are to forget about yeah, the yeah, environmental yeah. impact of yeah, these for things. Sure, for sure. Because instead, if the, the all the oil plants are put in like Shaogang and Zhanghua, where no yeah, people live, yeah. they're just basically exporting their pollution to cities where less people are. They're not actually reducing their pollution output. So No, for sure not. Well, it's okay. We'll figure it out once, once it, you know, once uh, Taiwan gets hit with like the strongest typhoon that's ever happened. Like I said, once, once uh, California is underwater. The same shit with COVID, man. Where they're like, you know, well, <laughs> I I wrote an article recently about why quarantines are necessary, and it's literally the only reason why uh, a handful of countries are still able to maintain basically zero COVID cases. Yeah. It's because it's because they haven't like completely given up and been like, well, even the quarantines have been in place for 750 years and they've saved millions of people and they're proven to work. There's only one solution now that actually won't quote unquote harm the economy and that's using 22% effective vaccines <laughs> and mandating <laughs> mandating 70% so that we go from 67 to 70 because that 3% is actually going to really make the difference this time. If in case you didn't know that. And if you get, if you get your third booster, then you never have to wear a mask again. Yeah, exactly. Like, which is also very scientific to not wear to like tell everyone they can just take off their masks as if we haven't had millions of breakthrough infections. I'm sorry to say this, but Anthony Fauci needs <laughs> stuff. Oh. <laughs> I concur. And, and I mean that figuratively. Because I'm not pro. I mean, hang himself by his words in a figurative, he has already, metaphorical he's, sense. He's already hung himself in his words. The fact that he's still, quote-unquote, Biden's chief medical advisor after fucking lying to the American people on record and failing Donald Trump. And then he, Biden is like, you know what, let's just keep this fucking traitor on staff. <laughs> let's just keep this pathological liar who's responsible for, like, the deaths of millions of Americans and responsible for... Dozens of cases of uh, unethical animal testing violations, and who's probably responsible, even though he lied to Congress about it, for gain of function research. Sounds like you're anti science, but. <laughs> if you're against the you're against science. This, this has been the, the worst year for Italians, I think, on record. Why, Joe Rogan and Fauci. Rogan, you got Cuomo going down. Cuomo. Both of the Cuomos now. Fredo went down too. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Bye bye, Cuomo. My my biggest issue. If if that's the way the world wants to play, that's fine. If you if you want to say like we're not willing to possibly sacrifice like 0.5% growth by forcing people to by forcing globe-trotting fucking elites to stop at the border for two weeks mm -hmm. to save millions of lives. If we're not willing to do that, just fucking say that. Say that human lives are not worth as much as rich people's time. But don't, don't fucking, don't pretend that the vaccines, the 22% effective vaccines are the only solution. Please, stop know. fucking pretending. <laughs> I don't know if they're 22%. They that's the latest, that's the latest numbers out of South Africa. 22% against Omicron? Yes. Which is now effective now meaning what, though? Effective meaning effective at preventing, uh, I'm not sure, symptomatic, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't, I mean, it matters what you're saying, but, I mean, I... It doesn't, because that's one, first of all, the Omicron's been out for two weeks, so right. that data we is don't, bullshit. We don't know, yeah, that's that what I'm saying. That data is bullshit, that data is on one, one vaccine, which is Pfizer, okay? Mm -hmm. There are, like, ten different vaccines, everyone has a different dose, uh, dose, dose, what, what would you say? Those regimen. Okay. People have gotten different numbers of doses. People have different inherent immunity. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, realistically, they're not particularly effective. 
people can still get the disease and spread it, which is the whole point of what they're saying is a public health. Right. It doesn't that, matter if you're never in the hospital. If you contract it, you can still spread it. And 77, 78% of people will. Then shut the fuck up about telling me that that's the best way to control the disease. Because it's fucking not. You're fucking lying to our faces. I think this is another thing that I think is a big problem with this, is that people get their wires crossed about why it's important, why vaccines could be important. I, I think, think they're important to protect yourself. And yes. Literally nothing fucking else. That's that's the point that people should keep in mind, though. Because like it's, it doesn't... That's why it blew my mind when they were like, oh, if you get your vaccine, you can take your mask off. That's what I was mentioning earlier. It's like... It doesn't stop the spread. Anyone who says that deserves to get Omicron. <laughs> like three times. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's absurd, obviously. But yeah, that's I think that's the thing. And then people, uh, like everything else, get into their little camps. And they're like, well, I'm team vaccine now. And so like, I'm just going to... Everything everything can be solved by vaccines. It's uh, not the case, as we've seen with numerous breakthroughs. I do think it's good for people to get vaccinated. Like you, like I you think said, people want to so, get vaccinated, of course. Like yeah. it, it was, it was relatively effective against the early strains two years ago. Yeah, if we maybe, <laughs> maybe if we just would have like again, like I've been saying since the beginning, lock down and pay people to stay home for two weeks, and then like you said, do, do this quarantine measures and wear your fucking mask. All of those things needed to be done in tandem, not like well, oh no, no, it's too. I mean, never, we never fucking actually instituted an enforceable quarantine rule, which no. is why the two-week lockdowns had no fucking effect whatsoever. Because they weren't real, and neither neither were, like, these travel bans that they've... They announced an Omnicom travel ban, and it's like, it's just too late. It's, it's not, too late. It doesn't matter anyways, because as long as citizens can come back in, the citizens will fucking spread it around the country. So what if people who are, like, South African citizens can't get in the United States? The 10,000 Americans can, and those no. are the ones who are going to fucking spread it. So shut the fuck up. No, Americans are very responsible. Are they will do, even though we don't make them stay home, we they will stay home. Of course, they won't go out. They won't go to the comedy show and take off their masks and spit in each other's mouths. Wouldn't do that. Americans are very, very responsible. They really care about their fellow citizens. Nobody fucking does anymore. So let's just admit that society is dead. That we like we we're ready for our civilization to be over. Nobody's actually willing to sacrifice. Making as much money as possible in the next two to three years is the most important fucking thing. And if the human race is gone and die, nobody gives a shit. Just admit that. Let's just be real about it. Let's burn it down, folks. I mean, we don't have to burn it down. That's literally the choice that we made. Is that we are ready to have our civilization end. I didn't make that choice. Well, the elites made that choice, I feel like. Americans made it when, when they fucking didn't ask for more from their leaders. When they're like, oh, this is the best we can do. Now let's go fucking the spring break and take our masks off and, and film videos of ourselves screaming at Walmart employees. Yeah. Like, Americans collectively made that fucking decision. We can blame our leaders, but I think people collectively have just given up. We're just ready to all die. Well, people are also easily, easily like like I said, put into camps and divided and, and it's fun to be in your little tribe and scream at people online and pretend that that makes any sort of fucking difference besides That's, allowing the, the rich and powerful to grab even more money and, and power i get that but when literally you'll have like an existent this one we're lucky that this pandemic killed what half a percent of the people who were infected the next time when it's 50 percent and the world does exactly the same thing that could be the end of our fucking species this is like an existential thing as is climate change just wait for the wait for the next variant bud with the next what? Wait for the next variant. Because we're going to get more. Like, yeah, there will be more. Of course we will. And Taiwan is going to be... I, I I said yesterday to you, and I'm not sure, but we'll see after the next election. I think they're going to be biting at the fucking heels to be like, you know what, these, these quarantine rules have gone on too long, and we need to open it up to the world if, again. If they look at the data, they won't. But I'm not... I would, they haven't I, been looking at the data in any decision-making mm, they've been doing for the past six months. I don't think that's a fair statement, but I... In terms of vaccines... It, it looks apparent since they gave the vaccines to people who they're not meant for by international standards. That I agree, that I agree with you on some of the vaccines and stuff, especially because they were not. They basically took secondhand vaccines from everyone. It's, I feel like that's a little bit different. But for a lot of other things, they have been like mask wearing, like contact tracing, things like that. So, but I I, I agree with you. I share your your apprehension about what they will do for. You know, to make the to please the elites, because that's what that's always what comes first. At least the nightclubs. Things What the other? Uh, what was the other one? Nuke. Which ones did we talk about? We haven't talked about the nuclear. We were talking. We 
got all on this because we were talking about the referendums. We talked about we talked about nuclear and we talked about climate change a little bit. Yeah, there was the referendum about restarting the fourth nuclear plant, which I thought I thought it was really interesting that basically a lot of the DPP strongholds voted against the DPP proposals, which is one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our correspondent Abby sent a graphic which showed different localities and. It's really interesting that all the DPP strongholds voted against the DPP agenda on almost every single issue, literally. Like Kaohsiung, yeah. uh, Tainan, Pingdong, Chai County, every single one of them voted against. And not only that, what was really interesting is that KMT strongholds like uh, Hualien and Taitong also mm. voted against it, every single one. No. Which is weird that there's basically like, um, let me look at the graphic. I think it was Taipei, Taichung. Let me, let me look. So it's basically Taipei, Jilong, Shinju, Taoyuan, Yaori, Nanho. Sorry, Hualien and Taidong did follow the DPP on this, which is weird. So the ones who followed, who are typically DPP strongholds who went against the DPP on this were Taizong, pretty much on everything, uh, Kaohsiung, uh, Tainan, Zhanghua, Yunnin, Jiayi, and so basically, the D- most DPP voters actually voted 100% against the DPP's agenda on every single referendum. I wonder if, we're, well, is it that actually DPP voters, or is it is it just voters in those strongholds? Voters in those strongholds. So this I, one is a split of the voters. It's just those cities, which are, those are all DPP strongholds. Those right, are right, right. 65 plus percent. Yeah. With 39% turnout, though, it's, it's feasible that a majority of those voters were were pan and blue maybe but i i don't know i don't know i i haven't seen a breakdown i've heard people saying that that young people didn't show up that much um but i haven't seen exact numbers on anything and by the way you know the strongest the strongest constituency in support of all the dpp measures was, was the two and Amatsu was the strongest in favor of all the dpp measures so they voted no on everything they voted yes which is with the no no, no DPP the, is vote no one no sorry yeah I'm getting confused okay I'm totally confused never mind I flipped it totally around yeah thank you Jordan it's confusing because it's like a it's like a double negative yeah but green one they want to know on everything right so yeah I've got it completely backwards so yeah and all voted yes on all of these so they did follow okay so that's not that weird actually. Yeah, so there's it, nothing weird at all. Normal election, folks. But yeah, it, it really doesn't seem to matter because... So this is a normal partisan split, actually. This yeah. is completely expected. Thanks for pointing that out and not making me look like a total friggin' idiot. <laughs> no worries. That's what I do. Delete the last five minutes. Will do. Um, I... Just, Just put it out there so that I remember that I'm so stupid. <laughs> It was, it is confusing though, and they do that a lot. I just got it mixed up in my head. I, I know because it's like you, you, it's you, it's a basically a, well, it's also basically a DPP election, yeah. and they want you to vote no on everything. You would think if they they would form the question to say like vote yes on everything, but I don't know. I find these referendums often poorly worded and quite confusing. It could be because my Mandarin is not good enough, but. Uh, I think it is quite confusing, which a lot of Taiwanese people said in the 2018 referendum, and also the same-sex marriage referendum. So, I don't know. I don't know either, but anyway. Confusing. Is that all of them? Did we cover all of them? The nuclear plant, the pork, the yeah, we did. linking, and then the algae thing. Yeah, we talked about all of them. Yeah, so I thought that there was actually surprising stuff here, but I because I completely read it backwards, there's nothing surprising so far as I can tell, I think all the DPP strongholds voted exactly what the DPP wanted, and uh, and vice versa. Taoyuan voted completely KMT on this, though. That's yes on everything. A bit surprising, but Taichung was mostly DPP on these, and everything else was just kind of like down party lines. Hmm. Yeah, Taoyuan is an interesting case because actually it's kind of a blue stronghold, but their mayor is green. Someone's town is, is pretty green, actually. But he's quite popular, <clears throat> even with, like, some pan-blue people. 
Not who was also interesting, not who went hard blue on this. Not who being fairly far south is typically like more. They're definitely not like a DVB stronghold, I wouldn't say. But let me look at the last election. But um, they do have a lot of aboriginals who tend to vote blue KMT. Yeah. Well, I got a lot of other news if you want to move on. Hit it, you to say? I don't really have much to say. I think it was. I, I would really like to see in the future them focus on issues that actually are pertinent to like the average citizens. I mean, inner, energy is, but it's it's also kind of a, a little bit uh, like a little bit removed from people's normal lives. I want to see things on like, and it's probably hard to word a referendum question around some of these, but like making housing more affordable and yeah, things like that that are actually going to have an impact on people's everyday lives. Well. With the nuclear thing, I, I I wrote a report on the nuclear thing, so I know mm -hmm. that that's there's been a lot of push for that for a long time, and the KMT already tried this in the previous election, so they just keep trying to push this over and over and over again. Well, they've been pushing the the rectal port thing since since basically there was the they started meeting about it. The reason that they're doing that again, this is another reason why I'm kind of ambivalent about it, is to try to get a trade deal with the U.S. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of it's, oh yeah, but I'm just for everyone listening. Oh, so I forgot about them. Sorry, I was forgetting about you. <laughs> but uh, only most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's so I don't know. I think if there was like a a bilateral trade agreement, that would be pretty sick. So that'd be sick, man. So that's why I'm like, whatever you want to import your pork, I'm not gonna eat it anyway. So whatever. I think this is just this is just ban pork altogether. I think that's probably the best. Mm, that's fair, but also it's. But my my whole point in saying that is because the you know the KMT has been marching around to the legislature throwing pig intestines you know around for the past couple big years. Waste. Big waste. That's weird. I wonder what that sound was. <laughs> There's the wolf outside our house. Hang on one second. Let me let me go check on that. Hey there, little dog. What's your problem? What you been? Anyway, just that that th these are kind of. Similar to if listeners follow U.S. politics, which if you follow this, you probably have heard of a decent amount. It's just kind of these like culture war issues that like don't really have a big impact on people, and that's that's my main thing. I wish that in both of these countries there could be a like a actual workers' party that like a workers' party <laughs> that, well. that fought for the people and maybe had like a sick logo, like a like a some sort of mallet and maybe like a sickle or something. Just kidding. I think that would be really nice if if we had more choice, but unfortunately, Americans are stuck with the two-party system because they refuse to enact ranked choice, choice voting. voting. <laughs> right, Poppy? <laughs> By the way, it's not Poppy like like the Puerto Rican Poppy. It's like Poppy. <laughs> it's like Poppy seed. Okay, folks. Like it's short for Poppington. Poppington, Lord Poppington. It's because Ari loves poppy seed muffins, because he enjoys failing opiate tests. <laughs> I don't think that's real. I heard, yeah, I, I think it's kind of an urban legend. I think you'd have to eat so much that it would be ridiculous. I do love them in poppy seed muffins, though. I love Seinfeld too. Hell yeah. Next. Chili. What do you think of that? Chili. I think it is a little chilly today. You haven't been following that. You've been talking about it a lot. No, who's they? The the, the lamestream media. Yeah, elites. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really focused on the Chilean election. They had a runoff, and the two major candidates are essentially a communist and a Nazi. Oh, <laughs> sounds like Chile, honestly. It literally, I'm not exaggerating. The the guy on the left, um, he has the endorsement of the Communist Party, and the guy on the right's father immigrated in 1950 and was a member of the Nazi party when he, since he turned 18. So, Jeez. not the guy himself is not a Nazi. His father was a Nazi. And the guy, the other one's not a communist, but he's endorsed by the communist. So, it's like as close as you can get to that in the modern age. So, basically, far right and far left. And, uh, yeah, it actually resembles in a lot of ways the United States because it's a country with pretty high inequality and pretty, like, neoliberal institutions. And, because people are upset, uh, there have been a lot of a lot of street protests that have kind of destabilized the city centers. 
And mm-hmm. because of that, there's kind of a knee-jerk reaction by a lot of people who are obsessed with stability to lean towards the right. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is we're going to clean up the streets, this kind of nonsense. It's, a, it's interesting because that guy's dad being a Nazi, that's exactly what the Nazi party did in Germany. On the other hand, the, the far leftist guy, he's like 35 years old. And not it's not like a, a bash against his age, but ageist. I'm younger than he is. <laughs> the idea is that I don't think he can realistically get through most of the policies that he promises. In a lot of ways, that Bernie Sanders, I I I loved past Bernie Sanders, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a, it's hard getting excited when you you're faced with an institutional structure that won't allow you to make a lot of big changes for either of them. Yeah, yeah, for the most part, that's I think that's true. It's really interesting race to watch though and what they said is that it's extremely close right now so they both got like 23 percent or 20 somewhere around 25 percent and now they're both facing each other in the runoff mm-hmm. and it's going to come down very close like the polls are within the margin of error but what they're also saying is that they're rewriting the constitution and they might just have another ref, uh, election next year anyways because they're going to change the presidential role so it may not make a big difference people are just like talking about it people love these big like epic battles they do. That's true. It's symbolic, especially yeah, especially if you can like graft your ideology onto it. I, that just reminded me of a story that I forgot to talk about, which is about uh, Olaf Scholz and Annalena Baerbock. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm glad. I'm glad we brought it up. So, what, what do you think about this? Because it looks like she's going to take a much harder line against China. I am like a lot of things recently on China. I am. Uh, I'm hopeful that they will actually stick to their word, but I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm that skeptical, they will. skeptical too, but, but, but I think this is a smart thing because he can let her kind of take the lead and be like, well, she's not in my party, so I don't have full control over her. <laughs> and then she can kind of do what she wants on that, but it's, it remains to be seen. I hope so. I mean, Merkel was famously pretty weak on China, so... I I do hope they do something. I mean, everyone's about to help whitewash China's image by joining in the Beijing 2022 Olympics. So before we talk about that, the boycott, which I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. One other thing was the Nord Stream pipeline, which I think everyone except Annalena Baerbock's Green Party was basically in favor. Do you know the Nord Stream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, gives them a lot of power. And yeah. It gives Russia a lot of power here, and a lot of countries and a lot of people are thinking that they got to put a stop to this before it's completed because it will allow Russia to essentially blackmail Europe every winter to just threaten to strangle it. Because after that's done, it will just increase dependence. Because the idea right. is it, it gives them a lot of power. And what they could do is they could just drop energy prices for the next three to four years, starve out all of the domestic producers, yeah. bankrupt them, and then after that. They'll have no competitors, and they can monopolize the market and use political capital to direct them. And what was super interesting, I saw today, is that this actually has uh, implications for the United States. So mm-hmm. Today, there was an issue with Ted Cruz, your favorite. Oh, yeah. Ted Cruz tried Blinded. to pass a bill. Um, he tried to, to bring a bill that's definitely going to fail because Democrats are against it, to sanction anyone who participates in the Nord Stream pipeline, which oh, wow. will fuck up U.S.-German relations. Well, depending on what the new government does. Right. And, of course, the, the Republicans weren't going to let it come, but as part of an agreement to, to let some other bills come to, or some, some judicial nominations mm-hmm. come to vote, they agreed to let Ted Cruz uh, try and try and uh, run this, this bill to sanction anyone who participates in the Nord Stream pipeline. Wow. Which, I don't know how you feel about that, but I'm anti-Nord Stream because... Anti-Nord Stream, I don't know. I don't know if that's the way to go about it, but I would be willing to hear out the argument. I, yeah, well, it could it could scuttle U.S.-German relations to some extent, but I think Germany is realistically like the, a NATO member. The, the whole point of NATO is to protect against formerly Soviet and now kind of Russian expansionism in a mm. military alliance and to in a very vulnerable region to basically allow an enemy state to control your entire energy supply like that is a very dangerous thing. And I think that the United States, yeah. if they want to, for fuck's sake, Russia invaded a sovereign country. Russia is 
Well, they're there's they're the, a rogue state right they're now. also increasing tensions with ukraine right now well yeah that's another thing is that, like amassing troops in the border and I, I still don't think they will invade but i think that they just want attention and they want they want concessions from the united states they want them to, to lighten the sanctions they want them to stop talking about uh, the crimea thing they want to just go back to the way things were and yeah. the united states i don't think needs to do any of those fucking things because they're not going to invade ukraine it would be disastrous for them Maybe. Or it could just be like Crimea. <laughs> it won't be like Crimea because most of the population of Crimea was, was were Russian. They identified as Russian. Yeah. Ukraine, there would be a fucking insurgency. Yeah. I mean, it would be a disaster. And from the polling I've seen, most Russians wanted them to annex Crimea. Most of them do not want them to. This would be disastrous for them politically at home because most Russians would be like, why the we're already having a hard enough time. COVID is yeah. destroying our economies. Hasn't grown in like ten fucking years. Yeah, their their mortality rates have been skyrocketing. And then for them to start a war to capture some random territory and like expand Russian territory to a group that doesn't want to be a part of them. Yeah. Fuck their economy even more. So why? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's gonna happen. So I think I think they're just trying to extract concessions from this, and I think. I think sanctioning them might be the ticket to like I don't I, I don't think it's gonna push Putin out of power, but this is gonna definitely threaten his, his interests like majorly. I think it's gonna be pretty hard to push Putin out of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, <laughs> I mean, eventually it's gonna come to a point where like the oligarchs have nowhere nowhere else to go. They need to be like, okay, we need to look like we're doing something because our currency has been depreciating for the past fucking two decades. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But who knows? I mean, Myanmar Marx survived under that brutal sanctions regime for decades. Yeah. I mean, and there's the, 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 the junta is still going strong currently. I, I heard that they're trying to put some new sanctions against them. But I feel like the, sanction, the previous sanctions should have just immediately kicked back into place. Yeah, I but, tend to agree with that. I don't know. That's a, that's a big mess that it seems like a lot of people have forgotten about. But it's definitely not over all these issues are still connected, and it's really interesting. Yeah. What do you think of the boycott? Get to get back to that before I forget it. Boycott of the Olympics. This diplomatic. Oh, the diplomatic. You're talking about the U.S. Yes. I think it's. I think it's a, it's a little bit of a weak half measure, but it definitely is. I'd say it's, it's better than nothing, but I don't. I, it's not impressive to me. What I was very disappointed about was, well, first of all. Australia, I think the UK, mm-hmm. Japan are following suit. Mm-hmm. You know who's not? Germany. Oh, yeah, Germany. <laughs> <laughs> but another one, South Korea. Oh, interesting. They are... It's it's difficult to criticize their politics because I'm not South Korean, but they're fucking delusional because what, what I heard the explanation was is that they think that they need Chinese support in order to pressure North Koreans to help them sign a peace treaty. Which yeah. will grant them absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, as, as if the North Koreans aren't exactly what China wants. Just some weird, crazy rogue actor that they can make them look a little bit more normal. The worst thing is, <laughs> if they do sign a peace treaty, what I heard is that this is, this is I think, Republicans have been pushing also, is that South Korea should not sign a peace treaty because it gives China leverage for them to try and push United States troops out of South Korea. Mm-hmm. Which basically just opens them up to another invasion from North Korea since they did it once before. And their alliance with, with China has done nothing but grow over the past 70 years. It's a disastrous move. And by the way, we've gotten no fucking concessions out of North Korea ever. And we never will. North Korea will not stop until they've taken over the peninsula. Yeah, I, t- I tend to not imagine that North Korea is in any position to do an invasion of South Korea. but With China but backing I... with, and U.S. troops out. Possible. I don't know if mm, I don't know that China would back that like full, at least not full throatedly. I don't think they would throw tr- troops and things like that behind it because then they're implicated as well. I don't see that happening, but yeah, it's possible. And I agree with you that they're, they basically have got no con- concessions from the North Koreans. It's delusional to think that there ever will be concessions. It's, it's a big fucking joke. I mean, there could be eventually, but not with not with Kim in power still. And what comes after him will be another Kim. I mean, most likely, if he can have children, if he's not completely impotent. <laughs> I think he already has children. Does he? I think so. I but it's know. hard to know what's true or not true out of there. Yeah, that's the other thing. I just think 
I think it's a joke, and I think that South Korea is sucking China's dick to get half. Listen, they you trying to get concessions on them to sign a peace treaty? How about getting them to, to stop uh, North Korea from fucking uh, refining more nuclear fuel? Like yeah. North Korea is at this point, they have almost as many nuclear weapons as France does. Like, please fucking save me with that that virtue virtue is nonsense the idea that you're going to create this kind of peaceful setting when your next door neighbor who literally invaded you two generations ago is on a nuclear proliferation spree faster than any country you've ever seen in, in world history yeah i would say as always i think it's good to try to like sit down and talk these things out but you can't yeah, give concessions. Yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying you can't give concessions before you get something in return so I'm all I'm all for diplomacy first and as much as possible and always avoiding like conflict. But you also can't just like give concessions without actually getting anything in return because then it just rewards these fucking psychotic leaders and says, oh well, well they're just gonna give me shit for nothing for for me acting like a psycho. I'm gonna get my way. It's like I a petulant child. I 100% agree, and that has literally been a disaster of American foreign policy no. with North Korea for the past three decades. Is that they always make promises. We always make promises. We always keep ours. North Korea never does, and it's been the same mistake since since before we were born with the, with this yeah. regime. They always make big fucking promises, and people are always like, "Wow, this is the time when they're really gonna come out of their shell." And here we yeah. are, fucking 2021, and North Korea is one one of the seven, the only seven out of 192 recognized states by the UN or whatever. One of the seven no nuclear states in the world. Yeah, like. Uh, self self proclaimed because there are some that are we know like Israel that still maintain the policy of ambiguity. Yeah. Well, they uh, yeah, thinking that a, a a kid who's literally grown up from a child thinking that he's a god is going to make some like rational decision and like give up some of his power is kind of idiotic, I think. But uh, yeah, the fight will continue to happen, unfortunately. Another thing was related, a little bit related to that is uh, the, the negotiations, negotiations about the Iran deal. And what, what I was thinking recently is that this has big implications. Personally, I don't think that either the U.S. or Israel has an interest in Iran actually denuclearizing. Because if you look at the diplomatic overtures made between Israel and the Sunni states in the Arab world over the last 20 years, it has basically solved like 60% of like the Middle East crisis that's been going on since the 1950s. Israel has better relations with the Gulf states than they have ever had before. Like most of these states who formerly went to war with them are now their allies because they share a common enemy, yeah. Iran. And by denuclearizing Iran, that eliminates that common enemy, which eliminates their their uh, incentive to cooperate. So I actually think it for the U.S. and Israeli elites, it's not in their interest to denuclearize Iran right now. And that's why we've basically just seen this faltering. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this goes against both the interests of the people of both the U.S. and Israel, who both are, should, are threatened by Iran, who's basically called for the destruction of those two states with nuclear weapons before, and called for nuclear Armageddon, um, in, in the hopes that basically... Emirati money, you know, will, will flow into the coffers of, of the elites of those two states. And you've seen it with Donald Trump, like, basically scuttling the Iran deal and then breaking in a shitload of money from both the Emiratis and the Saudis. Well, and Biden's also doing a, trying to push through a weapons deal with the Saudis. It's, it's a giant, that's just like state money, but imagine all the money that the elites who, who push these guys are making. Oh, yeah. Just raking in this money from, from increased relations and cooperation. So what interest do they have in eliminating the common enemy? The only thing that's like forcing them to cooperate at this point. Mm. So yeah. that's, that's my theory, and there's no way to prove it, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think, I think it's logical. I saw a story out of Australia that uh, Claudio Tal, the artist. Is he in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's in, uh, good question. I'm not sure. But I know he's based out of Australia. Maybe maybe Melbourne. Um, but he was trying to get some of his artwork put up on uh, billboards. And one of the billboard companies uh, refused to do it because they were afraid of angering China. Mm-hmm. And hurting the business, yeah, which is not surprising, but it is 
shows how long of a reach that that uh, China has. Long reach. Yes, they're long. Long fingers. I saw. I don't remember. It. Let me try to find this real quick. There was a university um, that some Chinese student spoke out, and other Chinese students were reporting him to the CCP. And this was outside of China. Uh, yeah, that's not surprising, though. Yeah, but what was surprising is that the school came out and said, "You're not going to like, you're not going to do this." Yeah. Okay. So is that a Purdue? So the Purdue president came Wait, out. Purdue's in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, uh, I thought this was Australia. No, 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 no. This is a different story. I was thought that was. It does happen in Australia as well, but I haven't heard anyone like really strongly speak out. Like there was the whole Drew Pavlov's dog or whatever his name is. Drew Pavlov's dog. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just uh, that's the first thing that came to mind. What's his last name? Pavlo. Pav. I don't know. Anyway, he. I think he's also running for. Uh, elected office there. There's actually a number of um, anti-CCP, uh, like young, slightly like left, I guess, like w more like working class minded uh, candidates running in Australia. And I would like to like look through them and learn more about some of them. Like Drew, I know because he's like so online. Yeah, but there's a, there's a there was like four or five others, and I think some of them are like Uyghur, like of Uyghur descendant and. Uh, stuff like that. They have a Uyghur background and, and things like that. So uh, that will be interesting to see. But anyway, so this the Purdue president. Uh, so it says, uh, Zhao Kong is probably Gong Zhao, would be my guess is how it actually is probably pronounced. Uh, student at Purdue University and Chinese citizens faced substantial harassment from fellow Chinese students for speaking out. Um, in support of the protesters killed in the 1998, uh, 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre. And then, yeah, like I said, they were reporting him, and I guess the president spoke out and said, this is his quote, any such intimidation is unacceptable and unwelcome on our campus. Purdue has punished less personal, direct, and threatening conduct. So that's good to see that they're, like, trying to uphold freedom of speech at these universities. I, th I think that that's a commendable thing to say, <laughs> but from a practical perspective, these complaints are between Chinese students and the local, like, diplomatic ministries. There's no way that the university will ever be able to prove that any of that kind of conduct ever took place. So, the, realistically, there's no way to actually enforce it, unfortunately. It's true. I mean... Because it's not like the, the ministry, the, the whatever, the embassy is going to come out and be like, hey, guess who snitched on this student? Yeah. Like, those conversations are all had in private. And, uh, yeah, it seems like they kind of admit that, saying, like, if they, if they can, if students who issue threats can be identified, then they'll, if, yeah, if they directly held, issue a threat, I think most of them are probably smart enough not to fucking do that. Man, I, maybe. I think probably most of them are, but I, having gone to uh, school with a lot of Chinese nationals, a number of them, I think, don't understand how, especially when they're new to the U.S., um, and this is obviously painting with a very broad brush, so it's, uh, there's obviously a, you know, a, a broad range of different kinds of uh, Chinese students, but a lot of them seem to not understand like the differences in, in, in terms of the U.S. and, and China. And how it's like, actually, we're like just because they were born and raised in the propaganda. So, like, I one, I think I've probably said this on the podcast before, but I remember in we were take I took a survey of uh, Asian history class, and the students would like fight with the university professor over like yeah, yeah, Chinese history. That. Yeah, they would like get up and like, yell at him in class, like, no, this is not what like this is not what our history books say. And he's like, well, it's just you're just wrong. He's like, I'm sorry, like you feel that way, but like you're just wrong. Like this is what the history is. It's like we have like you know uh, primary sources on this that show that this is the truth. Mm -hmm. And they would just get furious with him and be like, this professor doesn't know what he's talking about. Blah blah blah. So I don't know. I think some of them maybe all that to say that like, some of them might be uh, might think that they still live in China and like speak out and make threats directly. You look at what happened with uh, Pablo and I always forget how to say his name. Anyway, in Australia, 
they were like screaming at him and like people were like pushing him and stuff on campus. Some of these like really pro CCP nationalist students, and that, that was in another country, it was in Australia. So I don't know. And that kind of stuff that definitely needs to be punished. I've definitely had arguments with the Chinese students before, like that took over the class. I've told you about. I, I I used to have a roommate that was a Chinese national, and we would. We were like best friends, but if we talked about Taiwan, we would get in like screaming matches. I mean, it always, always yeah. ended up sending you. Oh, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. yeah. It took over the whole class. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, and again, this is like, there are a lot of Chinese students that just go abroad and just study and keep their head down. They're not interested in politics, but just like everywhere, there are like people that are nationalists that are spoke, like very outspoken. Um, yeah. And obviously, the two countries. In terms of like your your level of freedom of speech are quite different. Yeah, I would have liked to have got that one that I mentioned before. I don't want to give any of his details because he's back there right now mm-hmm. to come talk to us because he was a little bit, uh, let's just say, more free thinking. Okay. He was he was definitely like aware and, and critical of some aspects of the regime. Yeah, I've I've That's met yeah, I've definitely met both communist youth league party uh, communist party youth league member. And now he's like willing to criticize the state in its actions. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty big growth, I would say, from like an indoctrination uh, Boy Scouts into to like being able to like question your own government. But good for him. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, buddy? Do you have more? I just got one one discussion thing. Uh. I'll just mention really quick, apparently the Ethiopian war, I think that the because the Tigray Liberation Front largely left the Tigray region, a lot of the ethnic groups in the surrounding areas kind of saw that as a Tigray invasion, and it kind of swelled the government forces troop numbers. Mm-hmm. And they've also been buying weapons from like a whole host of countries all over the world and getting some Western aid, which means that They've kind of been, I wouldn't say beating them back, but they've pushed them pretty far back. It looks like the capital is going to hold. Mm-hmm. Just an update on Ethiopia. Yeah, man, developing situation. Hopefully that cools down because that seems like it's turning into quite the ethnic conflict. Yeah, they've been, I mean, they've been suspending food aid into the north for a long time, and uh, this is the. Abiy Ahmed won the, the Nobel Peace Prize like last year, so it's kind of crazy. Yeah, you get the head of the WHO from there too. Yep. Well, he's I mean, he's, he's Tabrizius is from the uh, the Rebel Party. Yeah, yeah, he's from he's Tigrayan. Um, he's not only Tigrayan; he's his political party is the Tigray People's Tigray, Liberation yeah, Party, yeah. which is actively fighting a civil war. So he's technically his party is technically engaged in a civil war against the national government, right. and yet he's the head of one of the most important national international organizations right now. That's crazy. Well, it just goes to show what a joke the UN is, and what a joke the <laughs> WHO is, and all of these institutions who really don't care about these issues at all. They just do a lot of grandstanding and never get anything done. Elites. That's what it is. It's elites. Yeah. Creating smoke screens, I would say, in a lot of cases. Um... Oh, there's there's a story that no, uh, <laughs> I hope not, but uh, that China is going to be paying U.S. influencers to pump up the Beijing 2022 Olympics to whitewash their bloody history. We mentioned the Olympics earlier, so I thought I'd throw that in there too. That's about all I have to say. They're paying. I like, wonder which influencers. That's it. Will be interesting to see. I'm sure. I wonder how much the Kardashians are going to get for this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chloe. And I am here to show my new lip balm and say that actually ethnic cleansing is not that bad. <clears throat> Aren't they Armenian or something like that? I, I think so. I think they're supposed to be, but I don't know. Uh, that would be ironic. Well, who knows what they'll do. I did see that Kim Kardashian passed the baby bar. I don't know what that means. And I didn't want to read the articles because I didn't care enough. So I don't really know why I'm mentioning it here. But you made me think of it with the Kim Kardashian line. Or with the Kardashians line. And then 
she also said that she's a little bit of, of both parties when it comes to the Democrats and Republicans, and she's probably going to try to come into politics, which is another nightmare. Well, Less celebrities her, in politics, please. Her parents. Well, is it her parent or her step-parent? I think it's her step-parent, but I'm not sure. That Jenner. Yeah, I mean, why not? Now that it lost the governor race. Yeah. That's another disaster. Totally failed. Uh, yeah. Because we need... Because Gavin Newsom fucked up ranked choice voting. Yeah, fuck Gavin Newsom. Yeah. One of the things I just saw really fast, I just wanted to mention this, I forgot to mention this, is that, again, these terrible, like, scientific coverage of... Uh, news media coverage of the science here, mm-hmm. is they saw that they're doing comparisons. So they're like, oh, uh, on one hand, like, in the United States, a lot of the American press is like, Omicron is ridiculous. New York has its highest numbers ever. And, and we're in for a big disaster. And then mm-hmm. the same day, if you look at the international press, you look at South Africa, and like, Omicron's not a big deal. Hospitalizations are way down. Yeah. And one thing that I, I thought of, which is a preposterous thing to compare Omicron in those two places, is the seasons. So New York is in, right now, it's almost New Year's. Like, they're in the, the, the dead of winter. Yeah. Everyone is spending all their time indoors. Their immune systems are compromised. It's like, this is a winter disease. South Africa is literally on the opposite, like, the pole right now. They're in the yeah. heart of summer right now. Yeah. So, of course, respiratory infections and spread of these are, of course, going to come down during summer. So, it's, like, really hard to compare the, the, the situations in two countries on the opposite side of the world when they're in opposite seasons. And yeah. I think that the fact that that's not mentioned is journalistic negligence. Also, like you said before, it's way early in this the life cycle of this, way early in the life cycle of this variant to like really say a whole ton about you know what it's really going to be like. Oh, I forgot to mention this in the last one. This pissed me off. And I, I totally forgot this. Is whatever it's pronounced, XI, the Greek letter XI, that the World Health Organization, because of, I don't know, Xi Jinping, because of the Xi family in China, they passed by it because they said that there are whatever, how many, because China doesn't have that many surnames. They're like, there are millions of people with the surname and we don't want to create any any issues regarding feelings about this. What about the Greek family, the Omicrons that live down the street from us? I'm going to look on the WHO website and if they have anything about Ebola, Right now, I'm gonna freak out. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say they also skipped over new, but new makes sense because this is a novel virus, so like the that makes a little bit more sense. But yeah, I, just it, it doesn't suck, it, it, it doesn't surprise me, but it, it is kind of infuriating. I'm gonna look up Ebola WHO to see if they've renamed it in order to prevent the, the poor people from the Ebola River, which is a nonsense argument, anyways. Nope, Ebola virus disease. So, so WHO, please stop virtue signaling and pretending like you care about like people's feelings or about creating associations between places and diseases. You don't. Okay, so let's just call this what it, what it should be really named, which is the she variant. <laughs> which is what we're going to refer to it from now on. From we need the poo virus. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All right, what's the discussion question? I'm sure I got a million other little stories, but we we can't just move on. I mean, if you got any others, it's okay. Right, we'll have to go through. We don't have to go through. NFTs of the future change my mind. <laughs> no, you're right. Totally, it is the future because we're heading towards a dark, horrible, bleak future where elites control all the money and we all just starve while they trade pictures of fucking. Goats and hats smoking cigarettes. Did you say hats smoking cigarettes? <laughs> I said goats and hats smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the worst. I mean, NFTs, I don't know. What do you think of the role of Twitter in basically popularizing this nonsense? Because I think Twitter is largely responsible. I, I wouldn't say like more than 50%, but they have played a large role in the popularization of both the culture and like the kind of name recognition that a lot of these cryptocurrencies and NFTs have gotten. I think that Twitter and this kind of bizarre elite subculture that like urban elites have, have created this like festering cesspool of in 
incestuous sick culture. <laughs> I fucking hate Twitter. Um, <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you think that it's played a large role? Because I feel like it does, but I don't spend that much time on Twitter. It def- I mean, there's definitely a lot of discussion about it, and like literally, almost you, if you see any tweet with like over a couple hundred likes on it, if you scroll to the bottom under like. I do. I will say that a lot of them get hidden, but if you show like show additional replies, there's always my yeah, There's always someone that like I didn't believe it either. I made ten million dollars in crypto. You can do it too with these three easy steps. First one, sign your bank account over to me. It's, it's yeah. So I mean yes, but I also see some things like that on YouTube, and I have no what I meant. I meant like people like Elon Musk doing pump and dumps that were largely. Twitter was largely the vector for their ability to yeah, get sure. this audience and get them to jump on board and basically censor everyone who's like, Elon, shut the fuck up. Yeah, or, I mean, Elon, I you're violating SEC rules. <laughs> I don't know how much they... Uh... Elon, you're tanking the Tesla stock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much they like censor the people going after Elon, but... Elon, your hair plugs are falling out. <laughs> And I just really want him to be the the beta testing subject for for that neural link. He definitely will be. Oh my god, I hope so. I I hope it shorts. That's all I have to say. I hope we just. I hope it's just like on TV, and he's like, "This is my new neural link. Time to power it on." That reminds me. It's getting too hot, Elon. Turn it off. It's okay. I watched with with Olivia this this weird show where like uh. It's like some way, way in the future where people upload their consciousness. Oh, Teletubbies. To television screens to, and the, the bellies of little soft animals? No, no, no. To, to like this online interface. And this guy tries to download it. And that's exactly what happens. He's like, they're like, oh, we've created a way where now you can not only upload your consciousness when you die, but download it back into a fresh body for you. And they download right, it. Yeah. It's like a donor body. And he's just like... Something feels wrong, and his head explodes everywhere. It's a brutal show, man. But it's like really thought provoking in a, in a kind of childish way. I forget the name of it. Is it called Black Mirror? No, 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 no. no. It's it's more. It's really silly. It's like almost like a rom com with grappling with some serious topics. Is it British? Uh, that sounds like a British show. It's not British. It's very American. Let me find the name for anyone who's interested. We should. I'll show you one of the scenes. I was watching it with Olivia, and I was horrified at, like, the first 10 minutes. Like, basically, yeah, I won't show you on here, but I can, I'll show you in a second. I'll show you in a second. Um, what's the name of it? People upload consciousness. It's called upload. Wow, that was really, really <laughs> difficult to find. <laughs> I'll show you the first 10 minutes. You'll be like, what the fuck is this? Upload. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. Hey, it's Greg Daniels, which is like, I think this is the guy from The Office. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but. The guy, the guy who, uh, the producer of The Office. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, NFTs suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. They suck. Except, except for the FTP NFT. <laughs> yeah, we're going to create our own NFT. You just have to, um, well, we've already created it, folks. It's just a little bit secret, but it's only for our podcast listeners. And. If you join our Patreon at a hundred dollars a month, we will send you one FCP, FC pound <laughs> every month for eternity until, until you stop donating. We can also send you these things called. Uh, no, no, you don't need anything physical. No, there's this other thing called PNFTs, and uh, they're they're like an NFT, but they're like actually a physical picture, and there's only one that you take with a film camera. It's really a cool new invention. Right? I think people yeah. are like not interested in the things that they can touch. <laughs> I'm really like existential, bro. Like I don't like to touch stuff. I like to live in the metaverse. Oh man, that's that's so funny that Facebook metaverse stuff, where Zuckerberg pretends like he like talks to people or has friends. He's like, "Hey, Sarah, good to see you here." Wait, what? You haven't seen the video? No, not. You can Google it. Well, just like me and Jordan will watch this. Facebook Metaverse Long advertisement. Upload. It's horrible, man. Let's watch both of these. It's, and also, there's no way people are going to go for it. It's like, it's a cartoon vill. You could just do it with any VR headset. Also, VR doesn't have high enough. V-branded 
VR system? It's the the metaverse that they're talking about. What does that mean? Like it's it's yeah, basically it's like you can buy property there. You can like pay money to artists to like watch basically yeah. Your pets. Yeah. <laughs> but with a VR headset. But the thing is, is pets with VR. The uptake <laughs> the uptake of VR is not Pokemon very high. Go, fuck. That's Pokemon go to the polls. Sorry, this AR. I'm sick. Yeah, augmented reality, not virtual reality, are you? Jeez. Get your technology straight. I remember when on Second Life people were like selling Second Life manufactured clothing. Oh, yeah. In Minecraft, like there's there's a virtual economy around this. So like the notion of NFTs or imaginary universes that that will have boom and bust cycles of their own are not new. So let's just stop. Oh no, I mean, you want to learn about like virtual economies? People should look into like World of Warcraft. That stuff. Oh heck yeah, bro. Dude, my mage is level ninety nine. I don't know. I don't. I've never. I've, I've never played World of Warcraft before. <laughs> All I know is Leroy Jenkins, and that's the one thing I know. Hey, you want to get out of here? Might as well. Let's watch these these killer videos. All right, folks. I'll try to post all the links in the description box. You all remember, go to our Patreon. Give us money. We'll give you PNFTs, physical non-fungible tokens. Or if you donate $100 a month, 100 US dollars a month, we will give you an FCP pound every month. And you can use that to buy any number of FCP related memorabilia you can use it to buy you can use the fc pound to buy nfts on our website so there you go it's the coin of the future if we're just being honest so like the fc pound is after the giant coin war like this will be the only one that survives because the underlying technology is so futuristic that it has not been invented yet fc 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 Etsy pound. You can make. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not affiliated with Big Connect. Anyway. <laughs> the FCP boys are annoying. Affiliated with Big Connect. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, and if you don't want some sick new digital currencies, we've got monkey smoking cigarettes. If you, if that's what you want, I will draw a stick monkey. And... You've been drawn in the future already. <laughs> They've been drawn in the future already. Good point because time is a flat circle. But uh, if you uh, if you don't have any money and you're poor like us, you can go to. Don't talk to us. <laughs> you can go to the website and no, no, no don't leave us. We're so lonely. <laughs> we, we need you. We prefer you keep listening. You can. Donate... We just don't want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> you can donate any cryptocurrency as long as it's a U.S. dollar to our. <laughs> Okay, we'll take euros and NTD as well, but as long as it's converted to US dollar first. <laughs> you can also go to the website, and click on the ads. Yeah, no, 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 well, only if you're interested. Don't click for fun. Folks. Yeah, it's not a game. This is this is a very serious issue. But if you're interested, click on that. Go to our website and click on the ads. If you find any interest in any of these things, then you're interested in our products. Or, or just saying, you can donate us US dollars, and we will donate. We will grant you access to the FC Pound Bitcoin of the future. And you can use that to purchase FC NFTs. FCP NFTs. FCP NFTs, yes. We're getting, I know you hate acronyms, so we're going to have a lot of new ones on the website now. They're non fungible, folks. They're physical non fungible tokens. So. They're also non physical non fungible. Non physical non fungible non tokens. Yes. Those exist here. In 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 F and T. Okay, bye. Love you guys. Bye. SCP. Say it all.